This is the Statman Sports Podcast, where we keep topics in context. This is your host, Steve Duffus, who is still wondering why the Seahawks didn't run the ball. Ah, welcome to another episode. Episode number eight of the Statman Sports Podcast. This is your host, Steve Duffus. And today, I'm not alone. I have a good friend of mine. I've known him for a long time. He's been my roommate in college. Omar Bourne. What is good, homie? Ha ha! My man, thank you for having me on the show. Been looking forward to this. It's going to be great. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. You know how you know how it is. It's been, <laughs> what, a decade now that we've been talking about sports? Since we've known right. each other? <laughs> Don't age me, though. Don't age me. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. But, you know, this past week... No, a lot has been going on. The NBA finally started, and a lot has been going on in the league, and a lot of uppercuts have been thrown. <laughs> I know you've seen that. The Lakers have fight, that. but the Lakers have fight, but I think they have the wrong type of fight. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that, man. But before we continue, those of you who just tuned in for the first time, we want to thank you for showing your support. If you haven't subscribed, you can subscribe on iTunes and Spotify. On TuneIn, all you have to do is a search Statman Sports Podcast. And with no further ado, let's just get right into it in our segment of What Are You Talking About? Huh? What are you talking about, man? Woo! What? <laughs> Bro, what are you talking about, man? So, Omar, let's just start with the NBA, right? Everyone's been talking about it. It happened Saturday night, but everyone is still talking about it. What went on in that Lakers-Rockets game, man? What was happening? Well, Brandon Ingram, first of all, uh, you know, uh, it's kind of out of character for him uh, because he he seems very quiet and reserved. Um, But Uh he wasn't happy with the James Harden call. And that's the call that a lot of people aren't happy with. I am... I think that he initiates, he being James Harden, initiates contact every time down the floor. It, it, down the floor. It's everybody, just, everybody it's knew that was frustrating. Coming. It's frustrating. And so, you know, I understand why uh, Brandon Ingram was frustrated. That being said, you can't shove Harden. And then it just went from zero to 100 really quickly. <laughs> real quick. Real quick. I'm, yep. I was watching live. And I saw when Brandon Ingram shoved uh, James Harden, obviously. But then mm. when the fight started between Rondo and Chris Paul, I mean, it happened so fast. So the cameras were like switching over to the fight. There was like a group of people. But when you saw the replay, uh, Chris Paul said that Rondo spit in his face. Yeah. I didn't see it till like days later. I think like yesterday is when I saw it. Yesterday you got to see Monday. it on the super slow-mo. Exactly. I saw it with Rachel Nichols. She posted it on her Twitter account. And I saw it when Rondo was like, spit on him or attempted to spit on him and i was just like wow chris paul initial reaction to me at that particular moment was the best reaction but i'll tell you what though you know me very well if that was me somebody spat in my face i'm swinging (laughs) like really (laughs) swinging chris paul poked him in the eye i mean i wouldn't do that either but come on man (laughs) if you spit on somebody that's the utmost disrespect yeah, it was ultimate disrespect all around from Rondo to Paul, uh, from the spitting to the poking in the face. 
Uh, it's just ultimate disrespect all around. Um, what was interesting, I don't know if you saw the Instagram uh, comment, uh, but Rondo mm -hmm. came out and said, you know, that Chris Paul, everyone thinks Chris Paul is a nice guy, um, but he's not a good teammate. And then Big Baby Davis uh, on Instagram uh, said that uh -huh. he's played with both of them uh, and Chris Paul is not a good teammate. So I just thought that was an interesting tidbit. Uh, you know, ba Big Baby Davis is getting involved now. Right. I mean, I, I don't, I saw this, I saw this this afternoon as well. And I was wondering about that. I'm like, uh, Big Baby has been awfully quiet for the past couple of months. I'd even say the past year, even. Yeah. And it was quite interesting. It, it just let me know that I know where his uh, affiliation is. <laughs> I think, I think he, uh, I think he is there to the Celtics there just because they won that championship in Boston. So he's like, you know what? But, but again, you never know. Chris Paul, Chris Paul could seem like that guy. I mean, he does seem like a nice guy, but I don't think, you know, Ronda would say that if he didn't really believe that. And baby Davis wouldn't even tweet that if he actually didn't think that Chris Paul wasn't a good teammate. But Chris yeah, Paul mean, seemed like that type of guy on the court, though. He looks like an instigator. <laughs> I mean, even Paul Pierce came out uh, uh, afterward and said, you know, he's not surprised by the scuffle between or the fight, brawl, whatever you want to call it. Uh, mm. kerfuffle <laughs> between right. uh, Chris Paul <clears throat> and Rondo, though. So, but my question to you is, uh -huh. what is up with your Lakers? They're 0-3. <laughs> uh, you know, they're Man. at the bottom of the West right now. It's only OKC and the Lakers that are winless in the West. Uh, even the Kings, the lowly Kings have a better record uh, than the Lakers right now. So, so what's going I'll on with you, your boys? I'll tell you what's going on with my boys right now. Okay, I, I'll start by the, giving you the 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 positives because they're little to me. All right, mm -hmm. the positives are they got new faces, they got young legs. You know, they still have a young coach, and the most obvious one they have LeBron James, which right. happens to be the best basketball player in the world and has been for the past I don't know decade. Even I'll say that's the positive. Close to a decade. Mm -hmm. Yes, of course. You know, throwing Kobe Bryant, of course, in there. <laughs> but um, those are the positive things that I see. They 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 have young legs, so they can if they have a good philosophy to do something on the off offensive end and defensive end, they can produce it just because of those legs. And plus, they have that veteran with LeBron, like I said. But now, this is my problem with the Lakers. Okay, they played the Blazers and CJ McCollum. Damian Lillard torched them. And uh, uh, what's that other guy's name? Uh, Stauskas? Nick Stauskas. Yep, Nick Stauskas. Nick Stauskas. Had like a yep. career night against the Lakers. And for the past couple of years, that's always been the case, man. Every time the, they, somebody plays the Lakers, and nobody has a, 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 a career night. And that's my issue right now. The Lakers, as great as they are, committed to run the ball down the court and run the ball down everybody's throat. They're great at it. You can tell because they have young legs. They can run up and down the court for 48 minutes. But the problem is they're not coming back on defense at all. Yeah. Right now, like I was looking at some statistics, right? Because this, mm -hmm. I'm all about the stats to validate what I'm saying. The Lakers right now are giving up the most points in the past 15 years in NBA history. Right now, yes, it's only three games, but they're allowing opponents to score 117.9 points a game. Yeah. 117 points. Okay. And 
that to me is the biggest problem. They're leaving shooters wide open. They're not guarding the pick and roll well. And on top of that, to make matters worse, they're not a great free throw shooting team either. So even when they get to the basket and they get fouled, they're not making their free throws. But my biggest problem is right now that defensively they are not in place. And that's my issue. Like Cliche says, championships are won by playing defense. Yeah, and I mean, they have one of the... Right now, we're not doing that. Yeah, they have one of the worst uh, defenses in the league right now. I mean, they scored 142 points against the Spurs, and they lost. So that that's, exactly. that tells you everything that you need to know about them and, and playing defense. Um, but, you know, it's the NBA season. It's a marathon. Uh, it's not a sprint. It's only three games. They play the Suns next. Uh, that hopefully should be a win uh, for this team. When you look at the game against the Spurs, you know, Kuzma shot well. He scored 37 points, shot over 50%. Right. Uh, LeBron right. is LeBron. JaVale McGee is giving him really good minutes at the five. I mean, yeah, so, yeah, really and that, that, that to me is really surprising because I thought, you know, playing on the on Golden State where you had a good system, I thought, you know, he fit well within that system. And I thought, hey, him coming to the Lakers, he wasn't going to do that well. But so far, he's doing really well. You know, he's running, he's running the floor, getting offensive rebounds, blocking shots. So he's playing well. So I'm yeah, happy I mean, about that. Let's not forget that McGee was a good player coming out of the Wizards, you know. Um, yeah, obviously, you know, he was on a team that <laughs> we all remember had a couple of guys on there that, you know, did some controversial things. And I think that kind of followed <laughs> exactly him along with the Shaqton, the fool, but he's a good basketball player. And, uh, yeah, I think he is. he's shown that in spurts with, uh, the Warriors over the past couple of years that he was there. And now he's showing it uh, at the beginning of the season here with the Lakers, uh, you know, and, uh, they also have, the Lakers have. Josh Hart, he's been playing great off the bench. And he's actually making a great case uh, to be the starting two. Um, so, yes. you know, I think that they have, they have the pieces in place to be a playoff team in the West. Um, yes. LeBron is LeBron. Yeah, you know. I, I see them being a six seed. They could get as high as maybe five. Um, but you know, they, they just got to get that first win. And I think they'll get it against the Suns on Wednesday and, uh, we'll see where they go from there. Yeah, of course. I mean, I think, I think everything you're saying is very, very valid. And I think it's, it's true, you know, but also I'm, I'm, I have to mention something that is lost in all of this. A lot of people, they don't necessarily look at advanced statistics. And I was one of those people to never pay attention to it, but. You know, now that I'm more into the podcast and talking about sports more, I had to, you know, dive into the numbers. And this is something quite interesting, right? In this mm -hmm. season, again, it's only a sample size. It's one week. Right now, the NBA, the pace for the NBA is 101.8 in comparison to last year, which was 97.3. <laughs> that's that's a four-point swing in pace. And on top of that, Right now, teams are averaging 112.9 points a game. So essentially right. 113 points a game. And yep. they're shooting just as good as they were last year. And to me, that's accredited to uh, the new shot clock rule, which, you know, right. instead of going full 24 seconds on a, on a rebound, it goes to 14 seconds. So which allows teams to put up more shots, which makes you defend more, which makes you miss more shots as well, obviously. And right. that plays into this pace. But it's something quite interesting to 
to see if it's going to keep up the rest of the season. That pace, that, that's an amazing pace. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're, you know, we're only a few games in. So uh, we'll see as, thing, as the games continue. And as I like to say, with the Lakers and with the team that may not be doing too well, OKC as well, you know, this is not the time to overreact because, again, the NBA is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Speaking of overreacting, uh, I want to me. talk, talk about to our, our way too early MVP awards here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> ah, there we go, man. A weekend and we're already talking about MVPs. Tell me, y'all. Who, Why who not? Why not? Why not? Um, Steph Curry has been shooting lights out close to 50% from three, averaging 30.7 assists per game. However, However, yes. Tell me. However. however. <laughs> transitional phrase, we like to say. I'm going to go with the brow. That's going to be okay. my way too early MVP. Anthony Davis averaging 28 and a half points, 13 rebounds, 7 assists, and 2.5 blocks a game. Granted, it's a small Jeez. sample size, but you know what? He said that, you know, he is... One of the best. He said he's the best, you know, offensively and defensively defensively in the league. And right now, I can't argue against him. I mean, he's putting up the points. He's grabbing the rebounds. And he's okay. blocking yeah. shots. You know? So Absolutely. I'm go with I mean, the that's brow. what he's been doing his entire career. Exactly. I'm going to go with the brow as my way too early MVP candidate. How about you? What you got? All right. Let me see. I got here, you know, in the top of my head, I'll tell you this. I would want to go in our first week with the Greek freak, Giannis. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name. <laughs> but right now, he's averaging, what, 27, from top of my head, 27.3 points a game, 16 rebounds, and 5.7 assists. And he's shooting 50% from the field. And, and he has a unbeaten. PER of 2. And they're unbeaten, yes. Milwaukee yeah. Bucks are unbeaten. And his PER is 21.6 right now. So it's ridiculously high. So pretty much that's telling you, just like in baseball, we where they count the WAR, you mm-hmm. know, the, you know the players' effect on games and the outcome of games. Right now, mm-hmm. Giannis is the tell-all, be-all for Milwaukee. Matter of fact, for the NBA, and I have him on my fantasy team, and I can see the numbers <laughs> being produced on my fantasy team. So I think right now he's the early MVP candidate. One weekend, you know, he's playing very well defensively, and Milwaukee look like a team to be reckoned with. Granted. Like we talk about, it's only a week. Things are going to change. Way too early. Adapt. Way too early. Teams are going to adapt. Teams are going to get their things together. But I think, I think uh, you mentioned Anthony Davis. I think he's, his pace is on the drop off a bit, but it will be around the same numbers. And I think for Giannis is the same. He's just a freak of nature. And yeah, I, I mean, we got guys s- are going to be. Yeah, we got to see how many how many games uh, Davis actually gets in this year. You know, you know he goes down almost every year with right. injuries, Knicks and that. So we'll see how many games he gets in. But uh, he he's my early front runner for MVP, my way too early MVP candidate. Yeah, my and I have Giannis, man. So that's you know that's perfect, and you know it makes a segue into another topic, which is in the segment of I'm confused, and we'll be right back. That don't make any sense. I'm a little confused. So, as we just mentioned in our previous segment, we talk about these early MVP guys. 
we want to focus on another league, which is the NFL, Omar. And mm. the early MVP in the NFL for me right now, I, I would say it has to be Patrick Mahomes. That's my guy. Patrick That's my Mahomes. bandwagon guy. My bandwagon there guy. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> you always jumping on some sort of wagon, bro. Like, what is it? What is it well, about the Chiefs, man? What is first it? of all, I'm, I don't always jump on some type of a wagon. No, 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 no. But uh, <laughs> the Chiefs have been playing really well. Uh, they've only lost one game so far. They're 6-1. and one. Uh, yep. We know that they lost to the Patriots, but that's a game that they could have easily won. Uh, my man, Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, 22 touchdowns in eight games, broke Kurt Warner's record of 21 touchdowns. Uh, so I, I like the Chiefs. I mean, they're a high-powered offense. Obviously, they have some injuries on defense. The defense may not be as good as the offense is. And we know um, how exactly. Andy Reid's we know how Andy Reid's team is, uh, teams are, I should say. They start this way every year, and they make it to the playoffs, and they're usually an early exit. But there's a new chief in town. I like Mahomes. I think he, he's obviously a mobile quarterback. Um, young guy, so they're going to be growing pains. But I like these guys. And you know what? I like them so much. I want to see Mahomes do well so much. I'm going to go out here and say, you know, these guys are going to make it to the Super Bowl. The Chiefs will beat the New England Patriots. Caveat, we got this I on tape, guys. A disclaimer, I am a New England Patriots hater. But nevertheless, <laughs> the Chiefs will beat the Patriots in the AFC Championship game. And they're going to book their way to the Super Bowl. They'll be playing in Atlanta this year. ATL, shoddy. I, okay, I hear you, bro. I hear you. I mean, again, like the segment is the I'm confused segment. I'm a bit confused <laughs> as to why you will pick them, as to why you will pick them to make the Super Bowl. I'm a, because I'm a prisoner in the like, moment right now. I hear you, but I'll tell you what, though. I have to break my listeners up to speed, right? Okay, guys, everyone knows the Chiefs offense is amazingly great. Nobody disputes that. But the defense is amazingly low as well and terrible. Granted, they have been hurt. Some guys have missing, like Justin Houston, Eric Berry, and those guys do make a difference because they're Pro Bowl caliber players on the defensive end. So they will make a difference. But all, but of course, you have to remember, the Chiefs have been doing this for the past at least three, four years, where they That's start correct. well, they start really well. Maybe some, I think a couple seasons ago, they started 5-0, and another season started 4-0. and They end up making the playoffs, and then they get bounced. But mm -hmm. like you said, Patrick Mahomes looks like the real deal. He reminds me sometimes of Aaron Rodgers running out the pocket with these throws and young Brett Favre just taking chances down the field. And that's something that the Chiefs missed over the years. You had Alex Smith, but he was a check down guy. Just right. like uh, this guy up in Dallas. What's his name? Dak. Dak. <laughs> <laughs> All they do is take check downs. But, you know, my point here is I, the Chiefs are exciting. I get why you're riding that bandwagon. But at the same time, I'll I'll take my cautions. I'll step back and wait to see what happens. But there's another guy I want to talk about, Tom Brady huh. versus the Bears. I'll tell you what, why this confused me this week. Because the Bears, I happened to pick them to win this game and easily for for one simple reason. Defense win championships. And right now their defense is amazing. And they have the best defensive player by a mile on their team in Khalil Mack. 
And I can't understand, and I'm still confused as to how they allow the Patriots in Soldier Field to score 38 points on them. I Here's just don't I understand. You. I don't Here's care if it's Tom Brady. <laughs> the Bears are who they're, they're who we thought they were. They're who we thought they were. <laughs> yeah, we let them off the hook. We let... <laughs> I can't, man. I can't. I can't, bro. What is oh, this, man. man? I don't understand. Like, I'm watching this game, right? Like, I was flipping back and forth on F- through NFL Red Zone, right? And I'm watching this game, and I'm saying to myself, like, okay, then the Patriots score, then the Bears stop them. Then they score, then the Bears come back, get a defensive stop, then they score again. But for some reason, they was just gassed at the end of the game. And some part of me, because I really don't like New England. Disclaimer, I didn't pick the Bears because I don't like New England. I picked the Bears because their defense is that good. And I didn't think the Patriots, minus Gronk, mind you, minus Gronk, put up 38 on the Bears. Well, I mean, Again, Brady's as a Packer Brady. fan, as a Packer fan, yes, Brady's Brady. But as a Packer fan, I'm happy because, yes, they lost. We're number one in the division right now, even though we had a bye week. But it still confuses me. Like, okay, <sighs> I don't get it, man. Explain to me, Omar. What, what's up with that? Um, I mean, as I said, look, Brady's going to be Brady. You can't get out. You can't get into a shootout with those guys because you know they're going to win uh, and they're going to find ways to beat you, even without Gronk. A lot of people want to talk about Gronk not being in, but I mean, we've seen this now for the past few years where the the Patriots play big games and win without Gronk being there. Belichick is going to have these guys prepared. They're going to come in and they're going to do what they're supposed to do. And again, they did it against the Bears on Sunday. I'm not surprised by it. Yeah, the Bears have Khalil Mack. They have a great defense. But you're talking about Tom Brady. You're talking about Bill Belichick. These guys find find ways to win. And they did it again on Sunday. And they sure did. And speaking of winning, (laughs) (laughs) I want to talk about another team that possibly could have won and should have won. But they did it. You remember that 930 game? On Sunday morning, between the, between the, the Chargers and the Titans, the good old English <laughs> please game. Tell our please tell our listeners what confuses about that. Just let's just fast forward to the end of the, the forward to the end of the game, okay? That last drive. Just tell them what happened. Curious play call in here by Mike Vrabel, the head coach of the Tennessee Titans. Um, the Titans had dominated the game for much of the second half. Um, exactly. Especially this is the fourth quarter. Um, mm-hmm. But they were down, down 13 to 20. And uh, they scored a touchdown with about 40 seconds left or so, 30 seconds or so left. Uh, mm-hmm. And conventional wisdom would say, hey, go for one, get the field, go- uh, get the extra point. point, get the extra point, go into extra time. You're guaranteed to get the ball back. So why not let your, de- let your defense win for you? Nope. Well, nope. <sighs> I don't care, really. It's not none of my team. But it just, it just absolutely, absolutely. Every week I love this segment because there's always some coach, some player that absolutely confuses you with their decisions. Again, like you said, conventional wisdom. Sir, you're down 20 to 13. You score a touchdown. You're down one point. Take the extra point. That's basic math. That's basic, basic math right there. Math. And you yep. would think, right? You would think that Mike Vrabel playing some years under 
Bill Belichick in that right. organization. They're so mm-hmm. organized. They know how to do everything. They to me, they are the best organization ever in any sport and situational sports. They they understand situations and they don't make many mistakes. So I would think that this man coaching the Titans would have this knowledge with him, would take that with him. But no, I don't want to take the one coach. I don't want to be in England anymore. I just want to get my two points and go home. Want to go home? <laughs> That's what he was thinking. <laughs> Deuces. <laughs> I just want to go home. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't. I, I don't get it. I, I really don't get it. And, and like you said, you, you again. You, I think you made a slight. I wouldn't say like a mistake, but I think uh, I think you correct that a bit. You don't necessarily get the ball back unless the other team doesn't score in their they first round. They just score a touchdown. Right. 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 If they score a touchdown, they'll get the ball back. But again, overtime is there. You take your chances. Why right. would you want to take the two? What were you, what were you scared about? It's not like the score was fifty five to fifty four. Like nobody could stop each other on, on on offense and defense. It it was points were at a premium this game, and you want to give away points to the other team or hand them a win just because of whatever reasoning you had. I don't get well, it. Here, well, now that you say reasoning, here's what he had to say. He said that you know. If his team had scored with 130 left, he would have kicked the field goal. He would have kicked the extra point. I keep calling it a field goal. I don't know why. He would have kicked the extra point and let his defense come out and, and try to win the game for him. But right. he had decided that if they had scored with under 40 seconds left, he would have gone for the win, which he did. Which, insert confused face meme here, because I, I don't get it. I don't yeah. get it. <laughs> I don't get no, it, but you know I, what? That's why he gets paid the big bucks, not me. I guess he was channel—he was channeling his inner Herm Edwards. You play to win to the win game. The game. That's right. <laughs> not that was so one much, of the best man. sound bites ever. That was one of the best sound bites I've ever heard in my <laughs> life, man. You play to out. win the game, but in this case, Mike Vrabel, you didn't win the game. Nope. And if I was a GM and I was the owner of this team, I'll call you in on whenever they got back. What Monday, Tuesday? I would have called you in my office and be like, homie, what's really good? What's really because again, good? the NFL is not like the NBA where you play 82 games. You don't yep. have games to throw away. Okay. Every game counts. And li- this one, in my opinion, was literally a thrown away game. I'm I not agree. saying they could have won the game if they went to overtime because we don't know that. And you we gotta give never yourself know. a chance. You gotta give yourself Just a give chance. Just give yourself a chance. And that's and pretty much. Exactly. And that's pretty much what went on this week in the NFL. And there's a couple of things as well that I think, matter of fact, the Giants and the Falcons game. Oh, my You're a Giants goodness. fan. Oh, don't get me You're started. You're a Giants fan. Don't you let me know me what happened on Monday Night Football. Don't get me started. Talk about interesting play calls. And I think Shermer here was channeling his inner Mike Vrabel because the Giants were down 20 to six in the uh, fourth quarter and the, and they uh-huh. score a touchdown. So now you're, right. it's 20 to 12. Pat Shermer, you know, let's kick, let's kick the extra point, make it 20 to 13 and you're down one touchdown. Nope. He saw what happened on Sunday and he was like, you know what? I'm going to try to do this for my boy, Mike. That's the only thing I could think of. Cause I don't understand it. My man goes for two. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with these guys and wanting to go for two points. I, I just don't get it. 
Uh, obviously, they miss. Uh, but it doesn't end there. What? <sighs> now the Giants, the, the, the Falcons come down. They score a field goal. They're up 23 uh, to 12. Uh, the mm-hmm. Giants, uh, I want to say they score a touchdown. And they went for two points. I can't remember. the. I can't remember. Um, oh, sorry. No, they're going for a touchdown to try to, to make it uh, 23 to 18. Right. And they waste valuable time on quarterback sneaking on the one-yard line. As usual. As usual. Because the Giants don't have situational awareness. Two quarterback sneaks. Two failed attempts. The clock runs out. They finally get the touchdown with five seconds left on a throw to Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, Listen to him. Perfect footwork, by the way. I... I don't understand what these guys are doing. I, <laughs> I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what it is, man. I'll tell you what it is, because today I'm full of jokes. I think Pat Schumer thought he had Cam Newton sitting at quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think he thought he did. Because, like, how do you pull off two quarterback sneaks and fail on both of them? You wasted, like, a minute. Literally, literally you wasted, did. like, a yep. minute. Yep, yep. And in the NFL, minutes are valuable. And and if for those of you who are listening, if you don't think a minute's a long time, just ask just ask the San Francisco 49ers last week what Aaron Rodgers did to them in 34 seconds. Yep. He went from exactly. the 10-yard line all the way to the 20-yard line <laughs> on the other end of the field. Yeah. That's how valuable 34 seconds are. This man wasted two quarterback sneaks and wasted like a whole minute. They deserve to lose that game. Yeah, I mean... They just deserve to lose that game. And it confused me, too, as to how I, they, I, they go about situational football in New York. You know what? The Giants are one and six. The season is over. There's no need to win over. any more games going forward. I don't want to see them coming out trying to beat Washington next week. No, it's over. What are you trying to say? You saying to tank it so you can get a number one pick? That's what you're saying. I'm just saying that that's the smartest thing to do right now because it I, there's nothing to play for in terms of trying to make the playoffs. And, he, and I know the numbers may say that they, they may still have a shot because the division is so, is so bad this year. Uh, I mean, you only have the, the Redskins at four and two, um, but I, you, know, you, can't, you can't try to win games now. You know, I, I would just, I hear that. I will just try to get as high of a draft pick as possible. <laughs> the number one pick, to be honest with you, uh, and take it from there. Uh, I will say a lot of people want to blame Eli. Eli is not a mobile quarterback. We know that. The game has kind of let left Eli behind, you know, because uh, you need mm-hmm. a mobile quarterback now in this day and age. You do. But you do. But you also O-line. need a good offensive line. Exactly. And this is not all on Eli. I mean, they have. They haven't been protecting Eli for the last five years or so. I mean, the guy is rushed. He's he's immobile and he has no time to throw the ball. This is not all on Eli. He, a lot of right. it. Some of it is there. There some people may say a lot of it, but it's not all on him. Giants need an O line and they need a mobile quarterback. Thank you, Eli, for what you've done for us for the two Super Bowls. Uh, but I think the go. Giants have to seriously consider moving in another direction uh, at the end of the season. Uh, 
if not before. And here's a fun stat for, for you and for our listeners. Since the Miami boat trip uh, two seasons ago. <laughs> that infamous boat trip before the Green Bay playoff game, huh? Yeah. <laughs> our our <laughs> listeners will get that. Our listeners will get that. That, yeah, the Giants are... <laughs> For those who don't know, Trey Songs was on the uh, was on that boat trip. <laughs> um, exactly. <laughs> the Giants are four and twenty, four and twenty since Ooh, that boat trip. Wee. Four and twenty, man. That sound like that sound like a like a noob trying to play Call of Duty for the first time. Like you get four <laughs> kills and twenty deaths. What that My sounds like goodness. to me? Yeah, that's no awful, hanging man. out. <laughs> no hanging out with Trey Songs. That's the lesson. None of that. None of that, man. Hey, but that that's a that's uh. That's a interesting step, man. And and that segue into our segment, which is called the stat of the day. Here's by the numbers. This is your stats of the day. So stat of the day, Omar. Here we are for this week version. And the number this week is zero so you might wonder where that zero comes from i'm gonna mm. tell you right now the los angeles dodgers play their boston red sox mm-hmm. you're a yankee fan so you i know you hate the red sox That's guess right. what this is a very interesting stat all right clayton clayton kershaw mm-hmm. pitches game one that's right okay and clayton never pitched at fenway park zero zero times has he pitched at fenway park he's never ever ever pitched there but there's one guy in the lineup for the red sox that he has faced that's jd martinez and jay let me tell you what jd's martinez numbers are against clayton kershaw all right he has a 1.591 ops within 11 at bats 17 plate appearances and he's batting 455 lifetime against kershaw that's not Mind good you for kershaw it's not good whatsoever and watching the Red Sox the entire playoffs, all I have to say to everyone else, I think I'm going to make a very bold prediction. And I've been right almost the entire playoffs, except for my Chicago Cubs, obviously. But the Red Sox can possibly sweep the Dodgers. Wow. For the simple fact that their one through nine are hitters. They're not like the Yankees. Sorry, Omar. They're not home run hitters, but they're hitters. They keep the ball in play. They don't strike out much. And you see their defense? They look like the 2000 Ravens. Okay, that's what they look like with Mookie Betts out there in right field. That team is amazing. And I think, I think that they are going to toy with the Dodgers. That's what I believe. Because look what they just did to the second best or third best offense in baseball with the Houston Astros. It destroyed them. Yeah. They made them look like a triple-A team. Yeah, well, I wouldn't go that far as to say they made them look like a triple-A team. But they definitely dominated the Astros. Um, And the Dodgers are in no way, shape, or form as good as the Astros. And dare I say as good as the Yankees either. That, again, um, you know, the Red Sox beat in four games. So... I don't necessarily disagree with you as much as it pains me as a New York fan. Uh, mm-hmm. I am not going to be surprised if the Red Sox win the World Series this year. 
I'll be more surprised if the Dodgers beat him. Uh, do I want to say the Dodgers in seven? I'm inclined to want to do that, but I, I, I just don't see the Dodgers winning this World Series. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what it is, and you're right. I think the Red Sox, I think they'll win easily, like I said. It might not be a sweep. I said maybe, but I think they're going to win easily. But the one interesting thing about it, I think the one win the, the Dodgers can get is against... Uh, What's this guy's name? Davis Price. Because <laughs> he, he's he been awful, man. What's his record? Like 1-10 in, in his last 11 postseason starts? Uh, I mean, terrible. I I will say that he pitched really well last go-around, but you're right. I yes. mean, if there's anyone that you want to get after and get after early, it's going to be David Price. And hey, if Chris Sale is not 100%, uh, you know, the Dodgers might be able to get after him early as well. Um, so do the Dodgers have a shot? Yes, they have a legitimate yes, shot of, um, of upsetting the Red Sox. But there's a lot that would have to go right for the Dodgers uh, and a lot that might have to go wrong for the Red Sox in order for that to happen. Absolutely. And that was our stat of the day, guys. Keep it in context, Billy. Tell the whole story. Alright, so this week, episode 8, and keeping it in context. For those new listeners, if you don't know, this is the part of the show, the segment, where we bring a topic and we put it in context when a lot of people tend to not understand it quite well. And this week, we're going to talk about the G League and the news that they uh, announced over the weekend. The G League is now going to allow high school players mm-hmm. to get paid $125,000 a year. 125 G's. 125 G's to get an opportunity to make it into the NBA. Now, why why do we need to keep this topic in context? Because for those of you who have not been paying attention, if you haven't, I think you've been living under a rock. <laughs> for a lot of years now, for a lot of decades, people have had a gripe with the NCAA that they're not paying their athletes and they're misusing their athletes by using their name. The players can't make money off their own name, but the schools are making millions and millions of dollars. But now the G League, in my opinion, Omar, have changed the game by not allowing the top prospects in high school to get this opportunity to skip college and just go to the G League and see if they can make it to the NBA. What do you think about that? Uh, Look, I mean, opportunity is great and it's always good when you can have the opportunity to make money. Uh, and so for these uh, top prospects coming out of high school, you know, they have the choice of going to the G League where they can make 125000 a year or going to the NBA where they can play college ball. They're not going to get any endorsements in college. They're not going to make any money. Um, so it depends on, on what you deem more important at that stage in your life. If the 125000 right. is important to you, then you might be more inclined to take it. I will say this. You're playing in the G League. You're playing with men who, with men, <laughs> first of all. These are yeah, not, pretty much men, yes. These are not college students. These are not high school guys that's going into their first year of college. These are grown men who have two-way contracts who are just as hungry or hungrier to get into the NBA as you. Um, that's one. And then I think the big part of it is, is that you're not playing in the NCAA tournament. You're not getting the 
uh, exposure. The traditional exposure that you would get from from going to college, especially if you're going to be playing for Kentucky or a Duke or Kansas, um, you know, you're playing in smaller gyms uh, that, you know, you might not have a, a lot of people coming to see you. Uh, you're not going to get right, the TV exposure that you're going to get in college. So uh, you have to weigh the pros and the cons uh, if you're a high schooler uh, as far as what you want to do. But, you know, I applaud the NBA for giving them a choice and the opportunity to make some money for that year. Yeah, and I, and I think I think uh, you, you touched on some points where I also wanted to, you know, just piggyback on. You mentioned the fact that uh, one opportunity and to me, America, you know, you and I, you know, come from the Caribbean. You know how it is. Our parents came to the U.S. because they know, you know, in the U.S. they're going to give opportunity. The U.S. paints itself that way as well. So for right. me, that's the biggest for the G League, giving these high school kids an opportunity. Now, we talk about the obvious, the 125K. Who's going to deny 125K? And especially if you're 17, 18 years old and, you ha and you're especially a top prospect in high school going into right. college. Before I mention that pro, I think the con to this is the fact that the NCAA is not going to be able to lock up all the top prospects right away. Right. Because the opportunity is there now to get that money. And while you're getting paid and making money for yourself and allowing to, you know, the obvious thing, sign autographs, you know, you sell your name on top of the 125, you're able to make extra money. And I think that's a con for the NCAA and a pro for their kids. But the one thing that is very important is not just about the money, is also the commitment and the hunger. And a lot mm -hmm. of people are overlooking that. Like you said, a lot of people in the G League, a lot of players, they are hungry. Yep. Their talent level is there. They're just maybe not NBA ready yet, and they just need some development. So these high school kids, they're not going to think that, oh, we're just going to come here just want to play like a year just to skip this college thing and then make it to the NBA. Seems that simple, but it's not. And they they need to keep that in mind. They need to come with the hunger. They need to come with a fight. They need to be ready to battle. Because again, a lot of people is keeping that in context. A lot of people forget on an NBA roster, there's only 13 seats. <laughs> okay? There's only 13. So just remember, your talent level and your hunger and perseverance has to be there or else you won't make it. And we have to emphasize something as well, Omar, for the listeners. Mm -hmm. It's only the elite prospects are able to qualify for the yeah, 125. Not everybody's going to get yeah, it. Yeah, Not everyone. It's only the elite guys. It's only the elite guys. So we have to remember this. But but I think in the end, this is an amazing uh, opportunity. It's an amazing thing that the G League is going to allow these kids to be able to, you know, go through another avenue to make it to the league. And that to me is important. That to me is important. And I, and I, and I don't know if, um, will it last? I'm not sure, but it's a good beginning. And I think yes. that's, that's very good. It's worth a try. Ah, okay. oh, man, Omar, we got to the end. Another <laughs> amazing episode. 
just want to thank you for being here dude like it's it's amazing to always have friends you know come on just come on talk about sports you know we've been doing this for how long now since 2003 man yeah <laughs> pretty much so it's been a while yeah. my goodness it has been, been a while, while. <laughs> But, you know, I thank you for coming on here, you know, talking about the NFL. We talk about the NBA. Um, also want to thank you listeners for tuning in and bearing with us in our ridiculous jokes. <laughs> it's been like this for a while. Uh, but uh, before I let you guys go, I just want to announce to you guys that if you already didn't know, we have a store open now that we sell merchandise. Well, just one merchandise, some, sh- some shirts to support the podcast. You can go on store.statmanpodcast.com. You can buy a shirt. That would be greatly appreciated. And Omar, if do you have social handles you want people to follow you on? Twitter, Instagram? Let them know. What's up? Uh, you can uh, check me out on Instagram. I am under uh, The Born Writer. Uh, I have a cool little writing page uh, where I share some fun uh, writing tips, simple tips, basic tips, uh, you know, to help you out with writing. So you can hit me up there, The Born Writer or at Ramo, R-A-M-O underscore Born, B-O-U-R-N-E. Uh, so either one, The Born Writer or at Ramo underscore Born. And that's where you can find me. And uh, just thank you, my man, for having me on the show. This was great. Of course, uh, I'm man. Gonna, I'm going to invite anyway. myself back. So, you know, we got to do this again. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know how it is, man. It's, it's always great, you know, talk sports with friends, like I said. And uh, again, one last thing, guys. Facebook, Statman Sports Podcast. Instagram, the same thing. But for right now, Statman signing out. Thanks for listening to the Statman Sports Podcast. See you next time.